Welcome to Sharing the Word. I'm your host, Dr. Driver. I'm just counting it a blessing to be privileged to hold this podcast called Sharing the Word. And I want to thank all our faithful supporters who contribute to keeping us on the air. They contribute by sending any monthly amount uh, in order for us to stay live or broadcasting here on this podcast channel. If you're interested in supporting our podcast, you can visit the link, donate through the link that's in this podcast channel, or visit our website at TLDM Evangelistic Radio Network slash donate. We look forward to hearing from you. If you have any questions, please email us as well through the website or through this podcast channel. Last week, we were going over, or the last episode, sometimes I always say last week, but weeks are, <laughs> are always going fast for me. But in our last episode, I was recalling we talked about or shared that there's a distinction between those who say they love God by words and then those who love God by actions. I want to be a person that loves God by actions. And one of the things that we have to really measure uh, the reality of who really loves God and who doesn't, and I shared this based on Proverbs 8, is to hate the things that God hates. God hates sin, everybody. God hates sin. He hates our sin, but he loves us. And if we're a believer and we sin, we all sin and fall short. The Bible says that. But we have an advocate to the Father, Jesus Christ, that if we confess our sins, see, we will sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So I praise the Lord that when I do mess up, because Christ died for my sins on the cross of Calvary, by his blood we are set free, by his blood I have remission of sins. But we have to confess it. That's the purpose of living a holy life. Now, if you're a believer filled with the Holy Ghost because you confess the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, according to Romans 10, verses 9 and 13, you're doing great. If you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, according to John 3, 16, you're doing good. But now you've got to live the life. The Holy Spirit's in you now ask God to fill you every day with his spirit, spirit of wisdom, spirit of boldness and discernment because the world is crazy. But if you ask God for wisdom, he will give it to you. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and wisdom is attached with fear of God because we only fear God because we love God and we know he's a consuming fire. He determines where your soul goes. So, the nature of God, the nature of God, listen to me, is he is love. God's nature is love. God is identified. God is love. That's his nature, okay? Now, I can get into a lot of theology here, but I'm going to just make it simple for the purpose of time, and we're going to get into some more episodes to share more. The nature of God is his spirit, and his spirit is love. Everybody knows this. I hope they do. God is spirit. The Bible says God is spirit. His spirit is called love. So that's like identifying you in biology if you're a man or a woman. Okay? You're either born a man or you're born a woman. I get that. But here's the point. God's nature is love. His attributes, people. His personality. 
His characteristics abound with holiness, wisdom, faithfulness, righteousness, goodness, self-control, the fruits of the Spirit as we read through the Bible. So God's nature, his being, God is spirit, his being, he's the spirit, it's love. But he's also, in his characteristics, his personality, he's a holy God. He's a just God. He's a righteous God. He's a merciful God. He's a God of grace, my friends. We are pointing out his attributes. His characteristics are wrapped into all that he is. He is our Abba Father. He is our Elion. He is our Yahweh. He's a Jehovah God. God rides in the clouds of of darkness and thunder and lightning. That's what the Bible says. In heaven, the angels sing nightly and daily, every hour of the day, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord God, who was, who is, who is to come. He is a holy God. God is in in his nature, his spirit is love, but he's holy. He's holy. God is love. That's his being. His whole being, he's love. But his nature, who he is, he's holy. So, I'm born a man, a male. That's who I am. God is spirit. I came with a soul in a flesh and got flesh. Who God is, like I am, I'm a man, God is spirit, and his spirit is love, but his nature is holiness. My nature, my personality type is I'm type A versus type B. That's who I am, I'm type A. I'm never going to be a type B person. Okay, that's what it is. So God is spirit. He's holy. Okay, but then his attributes come out. He's merciful. He's forgiving. He's just. Everybody say amen. In your car, in your home. Let me hear an amen. But we cannot separate all those attributes from whom God is. And we can't put one above the other and then justify our actions or our relationship based on those different attributes. God in his nature God's nature, his nature is holy. Who he is is spirit, and his spirit is love. His nature is holy. There's no distinction, there's no separation from who he is to what his nature is. He's a consuming fire. He's the immutable God. Never changes, my friends. He never changes. So when I say God is spirit, that's identifying who he is in the core of who he is. He is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. But his spirit 
who he is. God is a spirit. Okay? He's a spirit. That spirit is love. But his nature is holy. Then we look at all the attributes and all the character traits of his nature. He's just. He's merciful. He's gracious. He's kind. He's forgiving. But in his nature, he cannot, in his holiness, cannot accept sin. For God is holy, you must be holy. To know God is to know that he's holy. To know God is to know that he's righteous. To know God is to know that he's just. But to know that God is spirit and those who worship him will be in spirit. And since God is spirit, his seed is in you. And you are now in him through the atoning work of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. Now I'm trying to bring this to simplicity for some of those who are struggling with hate and love. But I can tell you this, I really don't hate people, people, I don't, if I take people just standing them in a line and, and, and I look at them from a distance and I see people, my spirit that's in me, it's my spirit, I have a soul, my soul goes to heaven or hell, we know this, my spirit, God's spirit that's in me is a spirit of love. In love comes forgiveness. But also because of God's spirit that's in me, there is something that relates to me that God is holy. Therefore, because of wisdom that's in me, because of the spirit of God, I must hate all types of evil. Even David in the psalm said, in Psalm 31, he says in verse 6, I hate those who worship worthless idols. Did God punish him for saying that? No. God applauds that because God said in his first and second commandment, you shall not have no other God. You know, I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt have no other God before me. Thou shalt not make graven images and worship them. So even King David said, I hate those who worship worthless idols because it's betraying God. And God is a jealous God. He wants your love and attention all for himself because he made you. Look, I said this and I'm going to keep saying this. If you're struggling with what I'm saying or even through what the word of God is saying, ask God for wisdom. He will bring clarity to what you're reading or what you're hearing. And in wisdom comes discernment. I'm reading scripture. I'm interpreting scripture. I'm practicing and hopefully living by the word so that I can make a difference in the world by saying what God has taught me. And I'm telling you, I do hate sin. I sin and fall short, but I thank God for Jesus Christ, who is the mediator between God and man, that I can confess my sin and he'll forgive me. If I'm ignorant by omission, commission, and all the stuff that people want to talk about, I know once somebody says to me, a brother in the Lord, a sister in the Lord says, hey brother, you are, you're, you're sinning by gossip. You're sinning by this. You're sinning by this. I would hope that through that confrontation of love, 
which is called love of confrontation, that I would say, yep, I, I, I'm, you're right, I'm sorry. There are sins that lead to death. Look at 1 John chapter 5. My point here is, we have to learn to be holy because that's the nature of God, because he's holy. His spirit, he's love. God's spirit, God's spirit, God's spirit, God's spirit. God is spirit. His spirit is love. But his nature is holy. Let's talk about his attributes of mercy and grace. We can talk about that. But to be holy is everything because then you will hate sin. This is my journey. This is my journey. I hate sin. Uh, I'm sorry and I pray for those who commit it. There's those that are in the church and those who are out of the church that practice sin. And I'm going to get into scripture verses on what that means and how you should apply the tactics, if you will, the principles of those who are in the church or called believers of the faith to those who are not of the faith. Because everybody who's sinning that's not of faith, I can't confront every single person that's not a believer. Oh my goodness. And I can't avoid them because they live in the world too and I'm in the world. But I can't ignore when a person says they love God and they commit sin, I can't ignore that. I will confront that. I'll confront an unbeliever if their behavior is affecting me and I'll do what's righteous according to what the Word of God says, in that confrontation. But we have to now say, the whole point of this is to be holy. To fear God and obey His commandments. That's being holy. Say it with me. To fear God and obey His commandments. That's my favorite scripture verse that we're getting ready to get into. I can't wait to get into the study of the entire book of Ecclesiastes. All the teachings I'm saying to you, Every sermon, every teaching you've been listening to on this podcast is really focusing on fear God and obey his commandments. By doing that, you are being holy for he's holy. Not self-righteous, not holier than now. It's being like God, like Christ who is the example. Because that's the nature of God. His spirit, his being, is love. But his whole nature is, is holiness, because that's why he says, Take thy sandals off, Moses, for the place you are standing is holy ground. He didn't call it holy, uh, you know, let's put it this way. He didn't tell Moses, Take thy sandals off, the place you're standing is love. The place you're standing is mercy. The place you're standing is justice. No. Because God's nature is there. And therefore, the act of taking sandals off is an act of humility and recognition of the sovereignty and the, and the honor and love of who God is. That is just saying, I recognize what I'm standing and, and bowing to now. Burning bush or not, this is what God is. What I'm in presence of, I'm in the presence of a holy God. It's a burning bush. His presence is in there. His nature's around me. I got to take my sandals off and bow and worship to the God that created everything. Holiness. Holiness. 
is what we need to be thinking about. And because God says, I hate those who are arrogant and proud, when Proverbs 8 tells us that I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, Prudence is like saying I dwell with love, loving people. People who are careful that they don't make mistakes. So just call prudence. That's being prudent. Okay? Wisdom dwells with prudence. And find out knowledge and discretion. The fear, the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 8, verse 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And evil is not just Satan. Evil is not just a word. Evil is a construct of action through behavior. Come on. We read in Proverbs 6, if you remember, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are abomination to him, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. Among the brethren. Now, notice it says discord among the brethren. That means that's within the church. That means that's within your family. That means that's in your personal relationships. So you can confront that. God hates these behaviors. Because these behaviors are unholy. These behaviors are evil. Therefore, God hates it. Because his nature is holy. Remember? So if you hate lying, because who's the father of lies? Satan. Jesus said that. If you hate murder, if you hate discord, you hate false witnesses, okay, you hate person who, who murders or said, sheds innocent blood, that's murder. You hate that behavior, that action that's attached to a person who commits it. That's what we do. A person speaks. The words that come out of their mouth could be either truth or lies. How many of you can honestly say you like the person who constantly speaks lies? Then the person who's speaking lies is called a, say it, liar. The act that they're doing is called lying. So to say I hate lying, no, I hate lies. Those are the false pieces of information. Lying is the, the, the action that's preceding the person who spoke it. So you've got to be able to say whoever spoke the lie is filled with lies and Jesus even told the Pharisees, you only speak what your father does. And they try to say, our oh, father's Abraham. No, you speak lies and your father who speaks it is Satan. So if you speak lies, according to Jesus, you're a liar. And if you speak lies constantly, then you're only doing what your father does, which is Satan. I'll speak truth because my father in heaven is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So I, therefore, will speak truth. So let us take a pause for a second and reflect on that. 
My mother told us to never lie. My mother emphasized in our life, my brothers and I, to always speak truth and not lie. Then she helped reinforce that value system, if you will, by sending us to private schools called Catholic schools. They preach the same thing. Then you read the Bible in Catholic schools, you go to church, you be an altar boy, whatever it may be. But my point here is you're taught to speak truth. I raised my children not to lie. Where my mother put soap in our mouth if we did lie, I didn't like soap. I dipped a Q-tip <laughs> into hot sauce and put it on their tongue and say, hey, that's what happens when people will lie. It's like burning fire in hell. So those are the approaches. You can talk about that all day long. I don't care. <laughs> my kids will give you that account of that story. The point is truth is everything. And there are people who lie, who take information and twist it for their own benefit or make falsehood so that they can look good or to hurt and destroy other people. If you confront me because I sinned or I did something wrong, there's something wired in me that's just going to say, yep, I did. When you learn that truth does set you free or learn that truth will let those who are listening to your answer, if it's truth, because they'll know, maybe you won't be punished as much. So for me, I'd rather speak truthfully and factually in every conversation. If you make a dinner and you ask me, and I, it's very salty, and you ask me, how's the food? I can be with some platitudes of social decorum and say uh, it was great. But the person who asked knows it was salty. They know the truth. So what am I saying to the person when I say, oh, it's all great, it tastes great. Can that person now trust me? Okay? Or maybe we should say with care, but truth. Because we'll tell a little white line, no, lying is still sin. I look at the person and say, you know, the meat was really salty. And uh, I, I had a hard time with it because, you know, my sodium levels can be really affected by that. But everything else tasted great. I would think, because I'm being true to myself, that that, that that confession of truth would make that person say, thank you for being honest with me. Maybe it was a test to see who at the table that person can trust. Now, my attitude is going to determine the delivery style. My motivation is going to be able to say this and that and the other because I got motives. So I'm motivated to say it because I want to prove that person can't cook. No, man, that, that's a bad motive. So my attitude is going to be nice. My attitude is going to be proper. And I'm going to say, since you asked, the meat was a little, a little rough for my liking. It wasn't as tender or it was as salty. Matter of fact, that's a true story. That happened to me once when my commanding officer invited my wife and I uh, and some other directors to his house for dinner. They asked a question around the table. How's the meal? <laughs> and I said, uh, the water is a little bit, it has a bad taste to it. What's, what, is something wrong with the water? And then the wife said, yeah, we noticed that too. I said, well, I don't, I don't like the taste of the water. She goes, let me get you a bottled water. There's people who are sipping on bad-tasted water. 
I didn't have any problem with the food, but I asked for water. The water tasted bad. I don't know why, but it did. But they asked, how's the food? How's the meal? <laughs> I said, the water tastes bad. <laughs> My skipper, CO, later on during the week, appreciated that kind of candor or honesty. So you're not offending somebody. They just want to see, maybe in their testing, who's going to be truthful. And a sign, listen to me, the sign of truthfulness is a person who has the Spirit of God in them who's living a life of holiness. So I hate lying because God hates lying. So I'm not going to say the water tastes good when it smells and it has dick in it. Come on. Say it. If somebody gave you, you know, muddy water and you're drinking it at the table because you're trying to please whoever's at the table and you know, well, everything's good, sir, ma'am. <laughs> no, I'm going to say, uh, the water tastes bad or the meat's too rough. I'd rather go down with an insult from somebody who don't like me speaking truth than lie and be assaulted that way. Something you have to decide, my friends. Either speak the truth or be a placator and speak falsehood. Speak falsehood. Falsehood is lies because you're afraid to uh, offend somebody. Falsehood. God hates, listen to me, God hates falsehood. Okay? And he hates those who speak lies, period. False witness, falsehood is speaking things that are not true. If your food's not good, and you know it's not good, but you're going to ask me what's what, what my opinion is, I'm going to speak the truth. Call it out. Be a person of truth. You will always be trusted versus speaking a lie. Now let me close so we have a continuation on this subject. When you learn to be holy, for he is holy, because that's the nature of God, your lifestyle will truly change. Because the fear of the Lord is wisdom, and to fear the Lord is to hate evil. Now you have to determine who will be in your life. I'll cover a few scriptures in our next episode of sharing the word on that subject. May the Lord give you peace. May the Lord bless you. And may you seek his face as it may be found. And always come to the Lord in prayer with humility. And he will answer your prayer. Believe you have received and it will be given to you according to God's word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Sharing the Word. Join me again as we discuss Bible topics that will help you live a victorious life through Jesus Christ.